Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. I'm your host, Gourmet. Glad to have you with us today. I am going to be introducing you to someone that I've been friends with for a while, but this is actually our first time talking live, so I'm excited to have him on the line. Uh, his name is Josh. See, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna screw it up because we talked <laughs> about it. Pellant, Pellant, right? Pellant. Yes, sir. Am I getting that right? Okay, so Josh Pellant. Uh, he's also known as at Pell's Renovation on Instagram. Josh, how are you doing today? Doing right up with you, Gormy. I, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good, man. Glad we're we're, we're getting you on here today. Um, yes, sir. As I appreciate people, it. Definitely, definitely. Because I think as most of the people listening know um, that the Fat Guy Forum really is about bringing the stories of different guys out there to people, all different walks of life and different stages of their journeys and even different diet plans. I know I've been a little keto heavy here at the beginning and, and still might be for the next couple of weeks, but I've got some people, more people lined up who aren't keto because um, we all use different tools to get where we're going to get to. So I want to do as, as I have been, let, let's take people back to where your journey started, Josh, you know, take thing, take, take us back in time and we'll go from there. Sure. Um, basically in my 39 years, I've pretty much been a big guy. My Entire, entire life going back to childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I was the one of the kids that got to wear the Arizona Jean Company Husky jeans. <laughs> mm-hmm. growing, growing oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, just growing up, you know, getting into junior high and high school, I played football. So a little bit about your previous uh, guests. Um, didn't really think about food. Food at home was simply meat and potatoes. It wasn't, you know, it was just a usually a meat and a veggie, and that's essentially what Middle America ate or eats. Oh, sure. So, and I can't really pinpoint of when it all happened. It just kind of did. Um, just like I said, going going through high school. I mean, my senior year in high school when I played football. I think the football program had me listed at 275, and I may have been closer to 325. Mm. Um, and then just going going to college. Went to college. You always get that itch when you get to college, like, yeah, I should go work out. You know, this isn't working out too well being a big guy. Then you do that for a while, and then just that's just the whole process of going to college. You end up not going to class, going to you know, well. At least my my first year anyway. <laughs> going mm. to go to college, going to parties. Um, sure. Just the my case, it probably wasn't the freshman fifteen. It was probably the freshman the freshman fifty or a hundred. Um, oh, sure. Then just you know go, going through adult life, it never was really a priority to get healthy. Um, and I will maybe talk about this later. Two thousand five, I was diagnosed with type two diabetes. Hmm. And I didn't to just going through the process of being diabetic. I never really wanted to feel like I had something wrong with me. So I didn't want to take any medication. Um, I don't know why it's just, just the perception of, you know, having to take a pill, having to take insulin, that, that type of thing. And I got to, and another thing, just going through my adult life of being a big, big guy, I always seem to blame other people. And just people around me, like in, 
nobody wants to go work out. You know, it just it was never my fault of what I put in my body. Sure. And in 2011-ish, I think, mm-hmm. I it kind of just hit me like, you know, you're the only person that can change any of this. You know, nobody's going to be able to do it for you. There's no button you can push. Um, so I started a blog. Uh, essentially, it's titled the name of both my Instagram and there's a Facebook page, Pals Renovation. It's not a construction company, as people have thought before. <laughs> kind of, con- it is it in it is in essence a construction company, but my construction, right, right, or reconstruction. Um, and started a blog. Essentially, just started walking. Just started walking, eating right. Lost about fifty pounds in four or five months, just doing that walking. Somehow, you know, you just some stuff happens and you get away from. It. Oh yeah. I don't I don't know what you know what essentially pinpoints the why you get away from something. Uh especially is that like when you have success. Um I get I mean, definitely know later what you know what has happened. Two thousand eleven, so that, that did two thousand twelve I met my now wife and started dating in two thousand twelve, got married in two thousand fifteen. Mm. We got married in October 2015, and towards the end of the year, I kept seeing all these local gyms pop up for challenges that started in January because they're hopping on the the uh, uh, New Year's resolution train. Oh yeah, for sure. and I just I kind of just broke down to my wife. I'm like, I need to do something. This I can't. I essentially just can't live like this anymore. And joined a boot camp gym, and from January to July of 2016, I lost 73 pounds and that was probably i think the lowest i was on down on the scale was 354 is what i remember um that's probably the that was the lowest i've been in my adult life that i remember so was that your heaviest weight then when you started that or had you been heavier or heavier after like um when i started the first weigh-in of the challenge i was 430 okay and I can tell you just in April of this year, I went to the ER for something and I was weighed in at 472. So okay. what I actually am aware of was the, just this past April. So sure. Sure. So after going through Sorry, that. I, uh, yeah. I was going to say, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to give people some context to the sure. numbers so they know kind of where you're at, but. So you went through that challenge. You lost you lost the 70-something 70, 70 pounds. Yep, and it was only a six-week yeah. challenge, but I stayed with the gym and um, love the community there of, of people. They're, right. You know, it, it's just the, the, when you can be in a group of people and they don't recognize you as the fat guy. Right. Um, and in, I've just experienced of – I've always been the fat friend, I think, to my, mm-hmm. to my group of friends and – I just didn't want to didn't want to be that anymore. Sure. Um, so just going through that through that process, 2016 or that so that was July. Later that month, we me and my wife bought our house. A week after we bought our house, she um, had an ex a car accident. Mm-hmm. Totaled their car and kind of went off the rails after that. 
just was dealing with stuff with her. Oh, um, sure. And it, since then I've been tried, you know, in 2018, 2017, tried to get back to the boot camp, tried to get back and then just it seems like we would always start something and do it for a couple of weeks and then not. And my wife is great. She, she supports everything that I do. She'll, she does it with, you know, she tr- tries to do it to, with, with me. Um, tried some, you know, direct marketing weight loss options and in doing those, like I just, I needed food. I needed food. Sure. Oh um, yeah. In 2000, July of 2017, I woke up in the middle of the night, was very sick in the middle of the night. Like I just got up and told my wife, I need to go to the hospital. Got in the hospital in the middle of the night, or actually we were probably there like 6 or 7 a.m. And I had cellulitis to my legs. Mm. Going through this process, uh, since being diabetic, I had developed lymphedema in my legs. And obviously being diabetic, I was more uh, susceptible to infection. And I've had cellulitis a couple times, but this was actually one of the last times I've had it. Um, So in 2017... You know, developed, got into the hospital, and I was septic. Mm. So I got to got to go into uh, to intensive care for a few few days. In, in total, I was in the hospital for nine. During that process, since I was couldn't really get out of bed, I when I got out of bed, I couldn't really stand. Like I was just wobbly on my feet. Right. In in that process, developed neuropathy in my in my feet. Mm. Um, so essentially neuropathy is the numbness of your extremities and after which that, is brought ha- on usually, usually by diabetes, like but diabetic correct. complications. Yep. Correct. Yeah. Correct. It's what it's a, it's yep. a complication of being diabetic. Mm-hmm. And prior to, to this and you know, on every week I had a group of buddies that I would bowl with. I was in two bowling leagues you know, and I just decided if I can't, feel my toes, how am I going to be able to bowl? Mm. So at that time I made the decision of not be, you know, not bowling. And that really, it, it just in layman's terms, it, it sucked because those were my nights out with my buddies. Right. So it sounds like that was a time. No, it's okay. It's completely okay, man. You were, you know, I'm, I'm making you relive all of this. <laughs> it's okay. And it's okay. And I mean, these are, these are real impactful things that happened in your life. So, you know, so it's okay. Just stopping that. And since then, like I said, I, since the hospital stay tried a few different things, like I said, we would always kind of, me and my wife would do them for a couple of weeks and then like, and it would be just like, we don't want to cook. We don't want to do this. And just boom, we would get something, you know, off the, off plan and then off the complete rail would go and it would take a either we wouldn't go back or you know and then here I am today with seeing that uh, number on the scale back in April and um then just going to the my most recent doctor visit in June where he where they they took my A1C. Sorry. 
And at that okay. time, my A1C in June on June 14th was uh, 12.8, which correlates to a blood sugar reading of 321. Mm. And that and was the thing about- the. And I was just going to say for the people listening out there who aren't really aware, um, 321 in a 12 is high. Correct. It's, very, very high. Those, those, those are very, those are dangerous readings for sure. And in the being diabetic, going just going through the process, like I said, like I never wanted to feel like I had anything wrong with me, so I might, right, you know, get my insulin, take it for a month, and then just not take it anymore. And it was, it was just a vicious cycle of that, that over and over and over again. You know, essentially for the last fourteen years, more so the last eight. You know, since 2011. Sure. So when you said, you know, you, not, you know, and cause I completely, you know, relate, I, I knew I was never diagnosed diabetic, but I knew I was, I just did everything I could to avoid it. Sure. Um, so it sounds like you, what you're saying is, so you were being prescribed medication. You just weren't, you were choosing not to take it. Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. Which I, I think is relatable to, I, I know so I've talked to so many guys, not through this podcast, but just through my journey and like people that I'm friends with who deal with those issues. And there is something in our culture where you you hit that point where you're taking the medicine for something like that. And you start to think, well, okay, by doing that, I'm I'm admitting this whole other realm exists. Sure. So I, I get that, man. I think that makes a lot of sense. And of course, being in the United States with insulin prices, I mean, we... That that was a definite mm-hmm. definite part of it too, is just having it be affordable even with insurance. Oh, for sure. There's there's it, as 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 great as some people's insurance can be, those those prices, especially when you're dealing with chronic medications, can exactly. be out of control. That makes sense, man. So it's it sounds like clearly, you know, you've been through a lot on your journey. I mean, you've been it's been almost 15 years since you were diagnosed with, with type 2 diabetes. Um, you've dealt with weight struggles your whole life. What was what was life like for you when, when you were heavier? Like coming, seeing that number in April, it sounds like was, you know, uh, one of the turning points for you. But heading towards April, what was what was your recent life like? Like dealing with the neuropathy and dealing with, you know, knowing that your weight was back up again. Yeah. <sighs> Are, just, are there challenges that stand out or, oh, or like, I, I, I want to bring people into that for, sure, you know, just so sure. that they, they know, like, you know, they're, you, you, they might be dealing with some of the same things that you dealt with. Sure. And then just listen, listening to your first couple podcasts of what being a fat guy deals with, like, that's why I, mm-hmm. why I initially stated it was speaking to me. Um, being that big. I can't put on socks anymore, or currently. Mm-hmm. Um, got a sock donner. Um, my wife's a saint. She actually helps me with my socks pretty much on a daily basis. And sure. And obviously, since I have lymphedema, I wear compression stockings that I, I put mm. on also every day. Um, it, it, like, it's just a... I just think of people being who don't experience have no idea what, like, I don't know. Like, like I said, just listening to your first two episodes of just what we go through 
And it's not mm-hmm. nothing that, you know, people don't need to feel sorry for us. It's just, I just want people to, to know. Um, oh, for sure. And the, the hygiene factor, the, and you just going through all that is the sense of being ashamed or, you know, mm-hmm. just feeling ashamed. And I just, my, my big why is that I've created over the last year and years is as well, since I want to live. Mm-hmm. The older I, the older I get being this big, that that's going to not be as long. And I want to live as long as I possibly can. For sure, man. You know, I can relate to that. Sure. And I, and I think what you're talking about, like I, I like the having to adapt to, you know, not being able to put your socks on and, and the hygiene issues and all those things that I talked about, but you know, you're clearly relating to, I, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, it's like we live our, when, when you're that big, you live your life in triage. Sure. Like every, every, everything you're doing is about reacting to situations. Like, how are you going to handle this? How are you going to handle that? Like, the the fitting into different areas and yeah, seating was... and boot bo- all of that like it's <laughs> it's you have to spend so much energy in your head adapting yourself to the world because the world doesn't adapt to you when you're that size. exactly and it and it's not the world's fault like that's what I said earlier mm-hmm. like I used to blame the world like this needs to do, you know how come there aren't accommodations or you know it's not right we're just going like you said booths every time we go out to eat it has to be a low table with chairs. Oh, mm-hmm. going, I love sports going, trying, trying to go to a Minnesota twins game now in the summer, not going to find a seat that typically fits me. Um, the nice thing is, is the stadium is beautiful and you can just walk around the whole time. But, um, it's just like, yeah, it's just things like that of, I don't think people understand that where, you know, let's go do this and it's not going to be an issue, but you're, we're self-conscious and, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's going to be an issue for me. So. Yeah, it's it's like you you play that game in your head. Like, what's coming up next? Like, you almost try to you spend a lot of energy like anticipating so that you are ready when something's come things sure. come up. But it is like I I've talked about like it it's wild to not have to worry about all that planning anymore for me now. Like yep. because I remember. I remember vividly, like that was my life for decades, you know, for over 30 years, like having to make sure I knew exactly where I was going. And like when you start and like, you know, this, especially dealing with the neuropathy and the foot issues you're dealing with, like in the walking, how far do I have to go? Can I get closer? Is it too far for me today? How am I feeling today? And like, and a lot of times, like I know for me, when I was heavier, there could be a day where my energy is great and I would do all the things. And then I'd wake up on a day and be like, I just don't even know if I can go to work today, like how I'm feeling. Like it's and there's no no one specific illness to, to pinpoint. It's just kind of life in general. Sure. And I like you said previously on the the episodes, our world gets extremely small. Mm-hmm. And and, and we're I know exactly, go ahead. I don't want to cut no, you you're off. Fine. No, I just was going to say, like, because we're referencing other episodes, if you're just joining us now in this episode, if you want to go back to episodes, episode two specifically of this podcast, the Fat Guy Forum, like, I talk about what life was like for me at 540 pounds. But people listening to that episode, like the sheer volume of people saying, you're describing the way my life was. And I didn't, (laughs) I didn't realize that there's so many other people out there dealing with this. And it's Mm -hmm. like, 
I almost, you know, you don't want to do, you don't want to betray people's confidence, but even, you know, talking about bathroom issues, mm-hmm. you know, the sheer number of people that are like, oh my goodness, I do that too. Oh, I think about that too. Oh, going home to shower when I had trouble wiping. I've done that before. Like it's, these are common experiences that I think more big people are dealing with that we don't, you know, we don't talk about, especially as men, because, you know, God, for you know, as guys, even when, you know, like you're saying, like I lived my life most of the time as, as the fat friend, as the one big guy in the group. Um, you don't sit around with a bunch of guys at night and be like, Hey, so does anyone else, you know, anyone else got that problem where you, you got trouble in the shitter? No. I mean, to be fair, I do have, I do have one friend who's actually going to be on the podcast soon. Who's known me through thick and thinner. Um, and he and I, he, he loves to talk about, about bathroom stuff, like not in a weird way, but in like a, you know, it's his thing. Um, <laughs> and so, but for the most part, you're not like, Hey, so what, 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 have, what was your day? Like, well, to be honest with you, I, I shit my pants at work <laughs> and I had to go home. But I mean, let's be realistic. You know, I've dealt, I've had that happen where sure. like I've thought I was good. And then I go to, mm-hmm. I go to go to the bathroom again, or I shift in my chair and I'm like, Oh, this is not good. This is not at all what I want to have happen right now. Let's go deal with this. Like it's, it's amazing. And that, but also like, let, let, listen to the two of us talking about it. Like we normalize this behavior. Exactly. Like it, it becomes a it becomes a regular thing to, to it doesn't even become a second thought that you have to you know you you okay we walk in a restaurant it's all booths okay time to walk out like that's it becomes our normal it becomes mm-hmm. our normal and so I one mean, of the things that no you go ahead. I was just gonna say and, and you know as far as restaurants it's it's not even necessarily a booth like there's a new restaurant in my area that opened up recently and the majority of their tables are high tables. Ah. And I don't mind high tables, but if my feet are dangling, my my mm. whole leg might go numb. Oh right. And then what happens when you try to get down from that chair? Exactly. You know, you're you're going down. You know, you you can't deal with that. Um, and that's and and the funny thing is, like it it can it I la- I can laugh at it now, but you have those moments when you go into a restaurant and the person seating everyone is all of ninety pounds. Mm-hmm. So when you say I can't do a high table or I can't do a booth and they get the look on their face like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. And then you can tell the restaurants that either you go to a lot or, you know, some other big people are going to when you walk in and immediately they're like, OK, we'll have a table ready. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of incredible, like what the, what can happen there. Uh, one of the other things you talked about that I think a lot of people out there listening right now, listening today can probably relate to is you talked about starting and stopping a lot. And, you know, you and I, how we've known each other now, probably it's been, a, it's been, it's been a couple of years, man. Right. Like yeah. even before I started my most recent journey, like my most recent oh, yeah, journey, I've, like I've, I would put it back to before 2011. I'm saying, yeah, I'm, I was, or, or I was going to say it's been, it's, it's been at least like eight or nine years. Like I remember your blog and like, so it's funny sitting here, like as you're, you're taking, going through your story, I'm like, I remember this happening. I remember that happening. Like I remember <laughs> these different kind of milestones for you. And sure. you know, one of the one of the things you know on the outside that I that I have observed, and I, I think you hit the nail on the head with it, is like you've started and stopped. You know, like most of us, a fair number of times, like gotten excited, gotten on board with something, and then whether it's a few weeks or a few months later, you know, it's it that that drive fades um, or. Like you're saying, like I, I think 
you give a great example, like just talking about like you get really into like following a new plan or a new way of eating. And then you hit one of those nights where you're like, oh, I just really don't feel like cooking tonight or I just don't feel like doing X, Y and Z. And that can lead to, you know, a complete derailment. Like, mm -hmm. what do you what do you think about like what, if anything, do you think is, is different for you now in terms of how you're approaching what you do? Like, I know we haven't really we haven't really dove into kind of what you're doing now specifically, sure. but I'm just thinking about like that mindset then versus your mindset now. Like where where do, what do you think has changed in your head and, and what what do you think has helped you make a change? And maybe you don't think something has changed like I, I let, let, let's talk about that. Sure. And I, I do think something has changed and I think I'm learning to no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. to just trust trust the process sure um and 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 what is the process that you're following now like what what way of eating like let's talk sure. a little bit about what your diet is like now sure so when i when i had my doctor's appointment on the 14th but a week prior i had started doing doing keto mm -hmm. um and i discussed it with my doctor uh he his his first point was not against it um, not against it, but he doesn't like millions of other people don't think it's sustainable over time. Sure. Um, and when, so when I, when I weighed in at the doctor, we went and weighed in me and my wife on the 30th of June and I had from, so essentially in two weeks, I had actually gained three pounds mm. and I, and then obviously different scales, but you know, and it, for whatever reason, that that weigh-in on the 30th of June did not um, upset me or, you know, it was just a number. I mean, I knew what I was doing. Um, I wasn't really faltering. I was tracking for the most part. Um, since that day, I've pretty much, as far as I'm aware, tracked every day trying to stick to a total number of 20 to 25 carbs. And so not net. So just total. And I am sometimes un, un, under 20 on, on sure. my days. So, um, yeah, that's just, just doing that, you know, meat, cheese, eggs, vegetables. I need to do, I need to add in some more leafy greens and vegetables, but, um, One thing that I just just going through the process now with my wife is, I'm, I'm going to say I think, but we are committed to this for the long haul. Mm -hmm. um, of course, again, starting and stopping. So many times people might listen to this and say he said that before, and oh, that's, sure. de that's definitely their prerogative to think think that. And I just, like I said, I keep thinking about my why is I've research this way of eating and what it does for quality of life and what it, mm. what it improves, what it didn't you know, everything. Um, and I just, I even told my wife the other day of, I don't want to see those blood sugar readings anymore that I saw. Like, I don't want to, I don't want an A1C of 12.8. Sure. 
So, so what drew you to keto though? Like what, that's what I'm curious. So, cause I, I think, you know, I, most of the people listening are probably familiar with what keto is. Like, I'm sure. just always curious, like, what was it about keto that, that stood out to you and, and made you say, and made you say, like, I'm going to commit to this. Mm-hmm. First, just, I mean, like I said, seeing the success stories and the effects of inflammation and what it improves, seeing your journey over the last two and a half years, that mm-hmm. that that's definitely helped. Um, initially, like you, your first thought is like, can I do this consistently with you know, right? No bread, no you know, no pasta, and just you just find other ways, and just that that's part of the learning process. Is mm. you, you 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 if you want bread, there's there's ways around it. You can do it. Might taste a little funny at first, but you get used to it. You just you do it because. One, you have to, to live. And then that's the state that I'm currently in is Mm. I have to continue to do something if I want to continue to live. I agree, man. I think, I I think that's that. Why, if you can keep that in focus is, is a powerful one. And I know for some people, they listen to the, it's funny because I know some people, like I've had some people say to me, when I've told them, you know, my why is that I want to live, they're like, yeah, but that's, you know, what else do you want to do? Like, what what other things drive you? I've, and I'm like, there I've, are other there are other things I want to do, but I've finally decided that life is more important. Mm-hmm. And it, it sounds like that's something that that's happened for you, and I think that's fantastic. And I've had the same people who are like, you know, well, that's too vague of a why. I'm like, why does it mm. have to be too vague? It's I want to live and I don't want, you know. To, to me, wanting to live isn't it, – it pinpoints a one one major obstacle of living and mm-hmm. I want to live. And that's – and let's be realistic. Like for the condition that I was in, the condition that you were in, you know, just a couple months ago, you know, let's we're not going back too long for you, man. Mm-hmm. Keep yeah, those I mean, numbers up, and you're not going to live. Sure. You know, keep your A1C at almost 13, and how long can your body live sustaining mm-hmm. that? Like, I think, I I think actually wanting to live is really a vital drive that I think some people take for granted. I I think they wake up and they just know what's there, and I don't think they know what it's like to live not having that be one of your strongest cares. And yes, we all, obviously I think no matter what size we were and what shape we were in, if someone says, do you want to live? We're going to say yes. You know, mm-hmm. sure. invariably we all have those moments where we say, I don't care. I know I had those moments where, you know, I would say, do I want to live? Man, what happens either way happens. But I think when you, it's a powerful statement to put out there that you're fighting for your life. And remind yourself that I think that is something that I've I've run into when I have those moments where I want to go completely off the off the rails. Um, I did that, you know, my first fall, you know, first end of the summer, my first year keto. It was like July. I completely went off the rails for a month and I put mm-hmm. 40 pounds back on and I came to the end of that month and I was like, what am I doing? I'm just going to end up right back where I was. You know, I'm going to be sick again. I'm going to I'm going to be, you know. I was starting to not have, you know, this sharp burning pain in my feet every night when I laid down. 
Mm-hmm. Like the the numbness in my feet. Like I was starting to feel those things go away, and now I'm going to bring them right back. So well, I, like, I, it's it's a real thing. Go, no, go ahead. Sure. Go ahead. And like when when we're big, and you yep. you've touched on this in the past, we just think that's how we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. There's no you know this it, it's this is how I'm supposed to live. And you, ex- you yeah, accept you, it you, as you, your as your normal as your destiny. Yeah, you you accept it and you're com- you're complacent with it with everything else, and you're just like, this is how I'm gonna be. Nothing's gonna change, no matter how many times I try. Like, I've tried so many times, and you know, I can't improve for the long haul. So this is just me. Mm-hmm. And and then you start to put into place the things that you need to when you're thinking about that, like the mind, the mental pieces, yep. to kind of re- reinforce that behavior and allow that to still happen and create those cracks so that when those doubts happen or those off days happen, it's easy to kind of pull yourself away from anything new mm-hmm. because, Oh, it's just my normal. It's I'm just going back to the way I'm supposed to be. Like I, I was, I was the best at convincing myself and other people of that. Like I, I, I think there's a power, like we're, we, I, I was saying this to a friend the other day. I think sometimes people don't realize, especially like I was, I, we're in the context of talking about, a trainer who has never really worked with 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 very heavy people dealing with um, the stories and the and the lies that we'll tell to cover up our behavior. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people realize that the people we lie the best to sometimes are ourselves. Exactly. You know, we we tell ourselves everything's OK. We tell ourselves that that new ache or pain is OK, that that numbness is OK. Because, hey, you know, I'm still going to go to dinner. I'm still going to get the food that I wanted. I'm still going to get the high from that. It's a pretty, 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 pretty intense situation when you – and then when you, when you finally come around, like you're coming around now to like looking at that why, it, you, you have to start facing all those things that you tell yourself and dismantling that. And that's a challenge. That's a challenge. So, so you've been keto now. You know, we're looking at almost – we're we're getting into three or four, three or four weeks solid now. Yeah, since the, I mean, just as far as weekly weigh-in since the thirtieth sure. of June. So yeah, I'm actually going to be laying in here or weighing laying in weighing in mm-hmm. later today. So nice. So it's you're right at the start, and I, and again, I don't want this to be an infomercial for keto per se, but I I I, I like the idea of being able to just find out like what are what so far have been the biggest changes for you in terms of that you've made in terms of your lifestyle in general to support these, these dietary changes? 100% meal prep. Mm-hmm. And that was even when I was going to the, when I was in the boot camp challenge and lost that 70, 70 pounds. If you are committed to a specific way of eating it, 100% has to be meal prep. Like you, mm. like I, just I have to being, I mean, during the uh, Monday through Friday, I'm gone from my house from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Mm. So I need to have that meal prep for lunch, usually breakfast as well, um, and then, you know, make dinner at home with, with my wife, even those snacks during the day. And just in during, on a daily basis, that meal prep helps with saving money. <laughs> mm. Oh, yeah. You're, you're not you're not stopping into a convenience store to get this and get that and you know um that 
just that is my that would be my one piece of advice you know if, if I had to offer any advice and just to meal prep I mean, you have to be committed to if you know you got something going on on a Sunday and you can't do it on a Sunday do it on a Saturday like it, you have to make time and and you are were you ever someone who said I don't have time to meal prep oh definitely all the time and, and it, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens come uh, September when the football season starts again, when, when, when football's on on Sundays. But it, I don't think it's going to be a problem because I'll be used to it by then. So, you know, I'll be over three months in and right. I can watch the game. And, you know, and I, even I've been gone during, you know, football games. It's not – you. You have to make it a priority. Mm-hmm. And obviously watching football, yeah, I might want to see a score later, but it's not going to matter who, to, to me to, to watch it. And if it is that big of a priority, I can record it. Right, because realistically, Monday comes and the football game's over. The scores are out there. We're moving yep. on to the next week, but you you need that food. So I think you, you hit the nail on the head. You know, you have to make it a priority. And mm-hmm. when you do make it a priority, when you shift your priorities, you find out that you have more time. Mm-hmm. Like I, I used to make television a priority in my life, watching television. You sure. know, I had quote unquote my shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and once I detached myself from television in a lot of ways, like now I barely watch. I, I probably watch. I would say the last week I've probably watched an hour of television. Sure. And doing that is an incredible freedom for time. And I know there are probably people listening who are like, that's not realistic. That's wild. You know, I don't have time. You know, I, my television is important to me. That's fine. But admit to yourself that your television is important to you and more important than doing these other things you're putting sure. off. And so then in, Josh, in doing so, yeah, go ahead. No, in doing so, some people's, like if, if they say it's not realistic to only watch an hour, well, it's, it's not realistic to you because you watch, you know, 60 hours of TV a week and not, not doing other things like, like prepping, like going to work out, like, you know, it's to, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I can word this. Like it's, Oh, sure. Di- different priorities are not how they're different to other people, but you know, it's, they're, they're less common, you know, for other people. People have common things in their life that they do and, you know, making it a priority to prep food probably for millions of Americans, you know, or anyone isn't that common for them to do. For sure. And you have to, for yourself, then figure out a way to shift those priorities. Mm-hmm. And And I think one of the... One of the podcasts I listen to a lot is is Ryan Mickler's Order of Man, and he has this thing called the Battle Plan, where you start to lay out your priorities, and they're in specific timed amounts, like they break the year into the quarters. It's not a five year plan or a ten year plan; it's just a couple months in advance. Mm-hmm. And I think identifying your priorities and what your goals are, and figuring out exactly what are the things you need to do to get there, and then make those things a priority. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that means things that have been our normal and have been our comfort and our, our, our go-tos are things that we have to sacrifice. And, you know, we've done a whole lot, especially when you're someone who's been as heavy as you and I have been and are, 
there's a lot of things in our life that we sacrifice in general to stay that way and to in, reinforce that life. And we, we've found ways to incorporate comfort. And now it's time to incorporate a little discomfort. And that's not bad. Like, I think that's one of the things that there's a lot of people out there looking for when they're losing weight or they're heading onto a fitness journey is they want everything to be easy and comfortable. And there's going to be times where it's not. And there are going to be days where everything is amazing and feels great. But there's also going to be days where you don't want to do the meal prep and you don't want to go to the gym and you don't want to move your body at all. And you push through it anyway. You know, a, a lot of people that I follow on Instagram this week have been talking about motivation and mm -hmm. what, you know, how motivation can fade, but being dedicated and consistent is what's really important. And I think that's, I, I don't think we can say that enough to people because there's no magic to what any of us are doing. It's just that we choose to be consistent and committed on that daily basis. And one, just one person that I've recognized over the past couple of months of being con consistent is mm -hmm. Coral. Oh yeah. Every day is exactly the same on any, everything he posts on Instagram is exactly the same every day. Mm hmm. And it's just consistency is going to help get you there. And it's going to, it's going to get you there. Mm hmm. Like, I just love the, Imagine dragons in the morning when he wakes up. Imagine dragons when he every. I don't know. Oh yeah, oh, and he. Oh. It, Go ahead. He, I was just gonna say he's gonna love hearing people talk about him, and <laughs> he's for those of you who don't know, his name is Alex Poro. He's Poro ninety two on Instagram, and he is one of the literally the most consistent people on the planet. Um, in terms of his weight loss journey and his fitness, he has lost over two hundred and fifty pounds. And um, I think because I recorded an episode with him that probably has premiered already by the time people are hearing yours. Sure. So and if it hasn't watch for that, because that he's that's a good discussion. We actually I exactly what you're saying is something I said to him because I said you're because I know people come at him because like you're like like Josh is saying, Alex eats the same food every day. He's pretty much ground turkey and rice every day. So he's not keto. He doesn't care about it. You know. His carbs are probably lower than the the standard American diet for sure, but he puts in a, a ton of work, and it's what works for him. And that consistency, though, no matter what you're following, is inspiring. And I think that's why, you know, you and I are talking a lot about keto t today, Josh, but I, I think what the mindset shift that you're making and the commitment you're making is something that should be inspiring people who say they can't get started. And mm -hmm. You know, you found you found a program that looks to you. Like it's something that could be the, you know, fit the most with, with how you adapt to, to, to a diet, a type of eating that you adapt to, but also one that you see having, you know, metabolic and hormonal benefits for the issues you're dealing with. Sure. Be and because that, I think that's, that's something, go ahead, go ahead. Just gonna, and that's one of the things that I've just noticed is as far as my blood sugar. Good. Improving, um, you know, just over the last three weeks. And I, that was actually going to be one of the questions I was segueing to, like, <laughs> in terms of talking about your diabetes. Like, what have you seen with your numbers the past couple of weeks? Uh, definite, definite steady improvement. Um, mm -hmm. I would go, like, there was would be mornings when, you know, after the doctor's appointment on the 14th where I might still be in the 200s. And that, as far as my mornings, but that certainly have, has come down. 
Um, in fact, over this last week, like Wednesday to Friday, every number was at 85 or below. For, oh, wow. So, so that's after, you know, like two hour and a half to two hours after meals. And mm-hmm. on Friday, and on Friday, I actually called my doctor. I'm like, do you want to change the dosage? Um, just on my insulin, because that would be one amazing to do just to know, you know, that I'm doing something for my body where I have to take less medication and hopefully over time, not be on any insulin. Um, and it was, it was weird talking to the nurse because she basically indicated that she was freaking out. Like, you know, how are you feeling? Like, and I'm like, I'm feeling really great. Mm. Like, she's like, you're not vomiting or anything and I'm, or nauseous. I'm like, no. <laughs> and then, and then, to just to hear hear her voice saying they they get concerned if you're below eighty, mm. and I just yeah uh, like I mean right now over the just over the last it's three month range but I've only been testing for my over the three month range of me testing now which has only been like four or five weeks my my average right. reading is one twenty two so that's towards the top or, or right in range so. And like I said, over this last few days, even this morning when I tested, it was it was really it was actually um, 85. So something's working. Well, whether it's, whether it's the combination of the insulin and the food, I would as of right now, it's probably the food and the insulin. But right, it sounds like you've got a lot of things, and that's one of the things I want to put out there because now that we're kind of diving into like a more medical topic, like Josh and I aren't doctors. We're not telling you what to do. I'm asking him specific questions about his experiences. And we might talk about experiences other people we know. But please realize that, especially if you're someone who has a diagnosed medical condition, that you talk to a doctor about what you're doing medically. And if your doctor doesn't give you the answers that you like, you can talk to another doctor. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean if a, if a doc, And that's what I'm saying, because I know some people have run into like, well, my doctor says I can't do X, Y, and Z. If it's something you feel really strongly about, look at talking to another doctor. But realize that, especially if you're someone who is type 2 diabetic and you're taking medicines, like that's, I think that's excellent that you called the doctor's office because if your numbers are dropping and you're taking insulin that's meant to be treating you when your numbers are in the 200s and 300s and your numbers are naturally lower now because of how you're eating, you could end up having, you know, some some hypoglycemic days sure. that you know will be will be challenges, and so it's it's good that you're staying in contact with them. Um, and that was actually even one of my questions of in doing keto of what happens if I get too low? Like, what do I eat? <laughs> right, right. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't I don't have a direct answer for that. Sure. Um, I I think that's that's something obviously to talk about you know, with a doctor and there's probably some other, yeah. some smarter people out there who know answers to that, that I'm sure you can get, you'll get in touch with. I'm sure, man. But, but I'm sorry for it, going down a, that road. It's a, no, no, it's a great, I think it's a great thing to go down because I think there are probably people out there that think that. And also it's good to see that that's where your head's at, because think about that. Like, instead of thinking about my blood sugar is too high. Now you're thinking, what happens if I go too low? I'm, I'm starting to skirt close to low. What do I do? How do I handle that? So that's a great thing for you to strategize, you know, I think, especially knowing that these changes have happened for you in a couple of weeks. So another week or two, and that could be something that you're, you're facing mm-hmm. and, you know, how do you adapt to that and letting your, and I'm sure on the, on the side of the doctor that medical professionals, 
And this is, you know, I, I think medical professionals, especially with type 2 diabetes, see people all the time who say they're going to change and say they're changing their diets and then it lasts a week, you know, and then it doesn't really last. So, like, I think their their propensity to to jump right on that train is is probably a little hesitant in yep. terms of changing medicines. But, you know, if you're proving that week after week that these are numbers you're seeing and changes you're making, they're going to have to say, okay do we need to reassess what you're doing right now? I mean, I have several friends that were insulin dependent type two diabetic who don't use, don't use insulin or take metformin or, or daily pills anymore at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that's everyone's experience. You know, that's something that is very unique to yourself and you know, all of those things. But I, I think there's hope at least for people. Sure. And it's powerful to think about affecting disease with what you eat. You know, not just not just with medication, but with change just by changing what you're eating. And I think I think people miss that when they think about the sustainability of a diet like this. Like. Is there. Is there I I think there is a a huge benefit to knowing that you have taken some control by changing what you're eating, finding things that you can enjoy within that realm of what you're eating. And then you're still seeing these great medical changes like there's there's power to see how food affects your body. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is that's one of the great side effects, quote unquote, of type two diabetes is the, the 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 power of food on the body is evidence in either direction, good or bad. Exactly. And I just when you you said the just the foods we eat in relation to diabetes, it just made uh, made me re- remember the podcast with Robert and Cindy where. Oh, yeah. You know, talking talking to doctors of why aren't you treating the food that they eat instead of the, you know, instead of the medication? And most do most doctors don't believe that your people are going to stick with something. So that's why they treat it with with medications instead of. Mm. And that that's definitely true. I mean, like you said, they don't. You might try something for a few weeks, and you know that's definitely been my case with starting and stopping. So, well, I mean, think about both of our yeah, think about both of our journeys. You know, the ups and downs that we've been through. Mm-hmm. Like, why would a doctor looking at if you know we're we're right in the moment for ourselves in what we're doing, but doctors are looking big picture at the numbers they've seen for years from you, or the numbers sure. that you chart for them for years, and what do they they look at big picture patterns? So. Mm-hmm. I, I think it I, I think it obviously can take some more time sometimes to get them on board with changes you're making, but I think by being consistent and sticking with it and you see continued improvement, they have to they they can't argue mm-hmm. with what you're doing. You know, they can't. And, you know Go ahead. And the nice thing about, you know, being diabetic and seeing those numbers is even if you have a bad week on the scale and you know, mm-hmm. everybody says the scale lies and it definitely does. Oh yeah. Just just seeing the number on my glucose meter is enough for me to continue. Mm, I don't that's have a great to see point. A, I don't have to see a big number on the uh, on the scale each week. I know what I'm putting in my body is improving my my way of life and my and my my livelihood. That that's a fantastic point, man. I really think that's a strong point for people to think about. There are other markers besides just the scale to show us that we're getting healthier, you know, 
It doesn't mean that the scale is not important. I mean, you and I have talked about that. Like, you know, there's, and there are people out there right now, especially in the fitness field that want to say, don't worry about weighing yourself and the scale isn't important and don't get chained to the scale. And, you know, there's a thousand memes about it. But let's be realistic. We know that when you're over 400 pounds, you're over 500 pounds. What you weigh is impacting your life every day. Mm-hmm. So seeing a few pounds go away, like, what is it? Every pound you lose is four pounds of pressure off your knees. That's, that's a, that's a great thing to know, to know that you're relieving, you're relieving these hardships you're putting your body, your body through. And the scale is a metric. It's just one metric. It's not all of them, mm-hmm. but it's a metric nonetheless. I think it's, it's data nonetheless. Yep. Um, so Josh, I, what I want to know is because like, again, like you and I have known each other for a while. And, and we've seen both of us stop and start. And you were around when I went through my massive slip up um, in the, in the 2012s, 2013, 2013 time. What happens for Josh now going forward? What are you putting in place to build a sustainable journey for yourself? One, just not knowing of the huge community that's around on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I think that is definitely helping. Oh yeah. Continued prep, just continued, just realizing that every day is a new day. Mm -hmm. If you have a, you know, if you if if you eat that pint of nut butter or pint of ice cream, no matter how keto friendly it is, it might not be so keto. Oh Um, yeah. Just realize that tomorrow is a new day. You know, you're not starting over. You're just continuing, and I. And it's, it's just having that mindset of there's a bigger reason why I'm doing this. Um, wanting to grow old with my wife, mm. you know, wanting, wanting to live, wanting to grow old and just, you know, I, I was, I was just going to say having that in the back of my mind, but that needs to be in the forefront of your mind. Like everyone's why needs to be in the forefront. Not in, the, not in the back, in the, in the forefront. Every every decision of what you put in your mouth needs to be based on that why. That's an excellent, excellent point. Like, I I do, I still think about that with every meal I eat. Is this helping me live, or is this taking me one step closer to death? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's a phenomenal point, man. And and I I want to say, um, you know. Having watched your journey for a while, I, I'm proud of the drive and focus you have. I think that you're you're getting your pieces in line in a way that, like we're saying, is is sustainable and is going to lead to some great success for you. So I'm really excited to see what happens. Um, and and it sounds like you are too. And I think that that's great. I am, and I appreciate that. Those words, thank you, Mike. Of course, of course, my friend. So, Josh, I, I'm we're we're coming to the end of our hour. I don't want I don't want to take up your whole Sunday. What is there anything that we 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 haven't talked about that you want to bring up? Or are there any final words you want to leave our the Fat Guy Forum listeners with? Uh, nothing that we didn't really touch on. Um, I just for I there was a big festival here in the Twin Cities over this weekend, and Tim McGraw was performing last night. And for whatever reason, I was sitting where I'm sitting right now, and just going through Tim McGraw songs on my phone mm. and. I just uh, I listened to "Live Like You Were Dying," so and I listening to it, and I just started bawling. Mm. Um, 
if that could be my ending go-to phrase for anyone listening to this is just live every day like you're dying because I was dying and I don't want to die anymore. I want to live. Well, I, I, I feel certain that you are, man. And, and I hope, I, I hope all the most amazing things you see coming to you come true because I, I know that they are. So thank you so much today, Josh, for, for taking the time to talk to us, being open about your story and experiences. I think it's going to help a lot of people. Where can people find you? I'm on Instagram at Pals Renovation. Um, that's P-E-L-S and then Renovation, all, all one, as well on the my Pals Renovation page on Facebook. That's been mm-hmm. kind of dormant over the last uh, year or so, but it's picking up steam with the Instagram <laughs> awesome. stuff. Just like I said, like I said earlier, just knowing that the how huge the Instagram community is is getting me also excited. So definitely, definitely, and I think it's great that. You know, I've seen you out there posting what's going on for you more and sharing that. And, you know, I'm a big proponent of people sharing their stories. So I, I really I'm proud of you for doing that, man. I think it's going to be a great support. You're going to realize that the accountability, the accountability tool that is Instagram is is priceless. And so I, you can find definitely go ahead, man. I was going to say that I appreciate you for having me on today to, to continue definitely. that accountability. Definitely. Definitely. I, I, it, was, it was great. I'm glad we finally got to sit down and talk. Uh, so like Josh said, at Pell's Renovation on Instagram, and no, he's not going to be able to give you a quote if you need a wall built on your house. <laughs> but if you want to learn, you want to follow someone who is picking up steam in a, in a lot of ways and, and really sharing his experiences, I hope that you'll check out his account and give him a follow. As always, I'm your host, Gourmet. I'm Gourmet underscore goes underscore keto on Instagram. At Gourmet goes keto, no, no dashes or anything on Twitter. And you can also email the show if you're interested in having me talk to someone you know or talk to me yourself, thefatguyforum at gmail.com. Like I like to end every episode, I want to remind you to do something amazing for yourself today. Amaze yourself. Push yourself a little bit harder. Take that extra step you need to to build that life and reach that why that you really want to, you want to take a hold of. You're amazing people. Thank you so much again for listening. And Josh, one more big thank you to you for taking time to talk to me today. We'll be back with you real soon. Another episode of the Fat Guy Forum.